Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 11 through 19. Here are these words. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. As they left, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his, feet at Je- he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As we are coming up upon Thanksgiving later this week, it seems like a good time to talk about gratitude. And so in preparation for today's sermon, I got to think about got to thinking about gratitude and I thought, well, I wonder what quotes are there about gratitude. What have some famous people said about gratitude? So I went to my friend Google and found some. And I'd like to share those with you today. From Cicero, a thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue, but the parent of all other virtues. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, I awoke this morning with devout thanksgiving for my friends, the old and the new. I think we can relate. We're thankful for our friends, old and new. Country singer Reba McIntyre says, I have a lot to be thankful for. I am healthy, happy, and I am loved. Those are good things. We can't let a, looking for a quote about gratitude go without seeing what Oprah has to say. Oprah says, be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, You will never, ever have enough. And finally, writer Alice Walker says, thank you is the best prayer that anybody could say. Gratitude and thanksgiving. These are good things. It seems appropriate that we should share them. Over the next week, we will see and hear a lot about gratitude and thanksgiving. 
TV commercials will tug at our heartstrings with scenes of people sharing their gratitude for each other. You may read articles in the newspaper or online about the mental and physical health benefits of gratitude. Perhaps you may read posts on social media of people posting some of the many things that they are grateful for, people and situations. Perhaps you have posted or plan to post something similar. You may see people performing acts of gratitude for first responders, people in the military, healthcare workers, teachers, and etc. And maybe you plan to serve and to share gratitude in similar ways this week. This week, you may take time to give thanks to God for the blessings in your life. And as you gather around a table this Thursday, you may look around at who's with you at the table and give thanks for those family members and friends, perhaps sharing with them particular aspects of their personalities or the relationship that you share that you are grateful for. It is easy to be grateful around a holiday that reminds us to give thanks. It is easy to be grateful when things in our lives are going well. When miracle of miracles, everyone in the family is getting along. When we're healthy, when we're employed, or when the stock market is up. When we've come through a time of difficulty and everything feels more hopeful and feels like we're moving forward in a good direction. Let's be honest, it's easy to be grateful when we're not in the aftermath of a national election. But it's harder to be grateful when we are going through difficulties in life. It's harder to be grateful when there is family discord and dysfunction. When we or someone we love is dealing with an illness or a medical diagnosis. It's harder to be grateful when we've lost a job or when a loved one has died. It's harder to feel grateful when we feel discouraged or when we feel like we've lost a sense of purpose in our lives. Maybe it's hard to be grateful when we see all of the ways that this nation is divided. It's hard to be grateful when life is just hard. Dr. Kate Bowler is a Duke Divinity School professor and writer. A few years ago at age 35, she was married with a young son and her dream job. And also a stage four colon cancer diagnosis. Since then, she has written two books. Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved and No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Need to Hear. These books chronicle her journey from diagnosis with cancer through surgeries and various treatments to where she is now as a person still living with cancer. Bowler shares 
I have a complicated relationship with gratitude. Gratitude is not a solution to the problem of pain. She talks in her books and in her podcasts and in her articles about her mixed feelings with gratitude. Don't get me wrong, she is grateful to be alive. She is grateful for her husband and her son and her family and her friends. She is grateful to God. She is grateful to have meaningful work. She is grateful for the doctors and the nurses and all of the medical interventions that she's had. She's grateful to be alive. Gratitude helps her to take a wider view of her life and see that not everything is terrible. But cancer is terrible. Surgeries and the side effects of chemo and immunotherapy treatments are painful. Living with cancer is a daily struggle with uncertainty. She doesn't know if and when the immunotherapy will stop working. And so she lives her life from scan to scan. She hates when people tell her to be grateful because that feels dismissive of her situation and of her very real hurt. While she is grateful for many things in her life, she is not grateful for cancer. If we're honest, each of us have situations in our lives for which we are deeply grateful. And we have situations in our lives that we wish they had never come our way. Like Kate Bowler, we would be upset if we found ourselves in the middle of a hard season and people told us we should be grateful. We'd probably want to tell people where to take that should and what to do with it. Friends, it is okay to have a complicated relationship with gratitude. In our scripture passage for today, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem, and he is taking this route that borders Samaria and Galilee. Along the way, 10 men with skin diseases come up to Jesus and they call out to him, but they keep their distance. Most likely, these men have leprosy, a contagious bacterial skin disease. These men were deemed unclean, and they could not get too close to other people for fear of contaminating and making others unclean, for fear of spreading this disease. Perhaps this was the first social distancing. People with leprosy, they struggle with painful skin spots. They struggle with nerve damage that starts in their fingers and their toes and works their way throughout the rest of their bodies. This nerve damage makes it hard to feel. So you can imagine it would make it hard to walk and to grasp items. People with leprosy also struggle with um, blindness. And they can even struggle to breathe. And so we can imagine these 10 men who are on the outskirts of town, who are on the margins of society, who have been relegated 
to the outskirts for fear of contamination. They see Jesus approaching and they call out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You can almost imagine them struggling to move to Jesus. Some of them shuffling and stumbling, perhaps others crawling to get just a little bit closer to Jesus. We can imagine them calling out as loud as they can, but rasping and struggling to breathe, to get the words out. Jesus sees these men, and he tells them, go, show yourselves to the priests. Notice Jesus doesn't tell them, you're healed. He says, get up and go to the priests. And so these men, they have a choice to make. They can respond to Jesus and follow his instruction or not. These men were probably wondering, get up and go to the priests. Are you crazy? We're unclean. We're contaminated. But these men, they get up. And as they head in the direction of the priests, they are cleansed. They are made whole. You see, back in Jesus' day, the priests had the authority to tell whether people were clean or unclean. And people who were unclean had to stay away. For a period of time, they had to perhaps do some ritual bathing. They had to uh, wait until whatever their issue was cleared up before they could go back to the priests and see, am I clean yet? And so the priests had the authority to look at people who used to be pronounced unclean and say, yes, now you're clean. And with that pronouncement, people have the opportunity to be back in society, to return to their families and friends, to return to their homes and their livelihoods. They have an opportunity to be restored. We are told that only one man, a Samaritan, returns to Jesus and praises God when he sees that he has been healed. He falls at Jesus' feet and thanks Jesus. And here is where the story gets a little complicated. Jesus notices the man who returned to tell him thank you. And Jesus says, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner over here. Often when I have read this scripture passage, I confess that I have read these words of Jesus with a tone of judgment. As if Jesus were criticizing the other nine who failed to return thanks. I've read these words as if these nine men should have been grateful. As if their healing is contingent upon their gratitude. Honestly, I read this passage because I want those guys to be grateful to Jesus. I want them to see the change and the good that Jesus has done in their life and to feel appropriately grateful. 
But what if we read these words without judgment? What if we read them with curiosity? As Walt Whitman says, be curious, not judgmental. Weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Jesus asks questions, and we are left to wonder, to wonder about the answers. Perhaps Jesus is just accepting the one man who returned to give thanks to him. You see, nowhere in their exchange did Jesus say, hey, go to the priests, get clean, and then come back and tell me thank you. Jesus didn't say that. So perhaps Jesus is responding with awe that 10% of the people he healed were, came back to, and said thank you. 10%. Maybe that's a good return rate. I don't know. Perhaps Jesus is recognizing this, that this thankful man is also a Samaritan. Samaritans were people that Jewish folks considered to be foreign and less than. Maybe Jesus is using this moment to break down stereotypes and to yet again demonstrate that his healing is available for all people. You see, Jesus healed all ten men, regardless of their race or nationality or their background. Perhaps Jesus is just simply noting that nine men did not return. Maybe Jesus is wondering, Man, I wonder what happened to them. Did they go to the priests and, and be announced and be pronounced clean? And did they go back to their homes? Maybe they're at home rejoicing and celebrating with their families. Maybe they are having Thanksgiving dinner at their houses. Because those who were once removed have now, have now been restored and brought home. Perhaps Jesus is acknowledging that gratitude is not the solution to the problem of pain. Maybe these nine men do not return to Jesus because in doing so, they will be reminded of the pain and trauma they have experienced. They want to move forward with their lives. They want to forget the agony and the isolation and the shame that they once carried. And maybe the one Samaritan returns to Jesus because he has nowhere else to go. Maybe he doesn't have family. Maybe he doesn't have a home to return to. He has now lost his community of other people with skin diseases. Perhaps he's not sure where to go from here. Jesus recognizes that maybe there is more disturbing this man than just what was on the outward appearance of his skin. Jesus sees that there's more going on in this man's mind and heart and soul. And so he says to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. Jesus blesses this man again with healing and wholeness. We don't know what happened to these nine men. And we don't know what happened to the Samaritan after this encounter with Jesus. 
All of them are human beings, though. We can imagine that the gratitude that they may have felt, that the healing that they have received from Jesus, these do not exempt them from future pain. They will experience sorrow and troubles in their lives. Gratitude is not a solution to the real pain and sorrow we experience in this life. But what if gratitude can be a helpful companion as we journey through life? What if gratitude can be a travel partner for us through the joyful moments and the hard seasons in life? What if gratitude is more than just saying thank you? What if gratitude is acknowledgement? You see, the lepers acknowledged Jesus for who he was as master, as teacher, as one who could help them. And Jesus acknowledged them even though they were unclean. God acknowledges us. God calls us by name. God acknowledges us in the joyful moments and in the hard seasons of our lives. What does it look like to acknowledge God's presence with us in the good and in the bad? What does it look like to look around the world and acknowledge God's presence, God's work in the world? That doesn't necessarily mean we say thank you, but it's paying attention. What if gratitude looks like appreciation? Certainly the Samaritan appreciated Jesus and the work that Jesus had done in his life. And I like to think that Jesus appreciated the Samaritan's thanks. We can look around at what God is doing in our lives, at what God is doing in the world, and we can show and share our appreciation. Again, that doesn't mean we're saying thank you. It doesn't mean we're saying that we're grateful for the hard situation we find ourselves in. But it shows that we're maybe paying attention and that there maybe are still some good moments happening in our lives. An encouraging note or a phone call a beautiful sunrise or sunset, appreciation. And what if gratitude looks like blessing? At the end of our services, we offer a benediction, a blessing that we share with each other. Benediction comes from the Latin words, speak good. A blessing, a benediction, is simply speaking good to someone, speaking good about someone. We end our worship services acknowledging that God blesses us, that God speaks good of us, and God speaks good to us. If God is talking about us to other people, God says good things about us. That's what we mean when we say God blesses us. 
And when we share in a benediction and a blessing with each other, it's an opportunity for us to say good things to each other and about each other, saying, God is speaking good about you. Blessing is not necessarily saying thank you. It's not necessarily enjoying the moment, but it's recognizing that God is speaking good always of you and of me. Last year on December 2nd, my brother-in-law Kyle died. This is our first Thanksgiving without him. I'm not grateful for the cancer that affected his body. And honestly, I'm not grateful for the lessons that I've learned throughout his cancer diagnosis and treatment. I'd rather be the person that I was when Kyle was still alive. I'd rather have not learned those lessons and perhaps matured in those ways because I'd rather have my brother-in-law with us. Friends, you have gone through hard situations in your lives and you may not be grateful for those situations. Maybe you wish that those situations had not happened that way. Perhaps you wish you could go back to the way life used to be before. Gratitude is not a solution to our pain, but it may just be something that helps us through our pain. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are a God who reaches out to us. You are a God who acknowledges us, who calls us by name, who sees us and hears us in the joy and in our sorrow. And we believe that you are with us. God, open our eyes and our ears to see and to hear you at work in our lives and at work in the world around us. Open our ears to hear your words of blessing over us. God, empower us to speak good. To speak good of ourselves, to speak good of others. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, 
We invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.